I'm glad to be here again. Thank you for inviting me back to come here. I'll just tell you, I feel like I'm home when I come here to Bible Baptist here in Mount Vernon, Kentucky. I'm thankful to be here this morning and to get to preach God's Word to you. Thankful for the good folks of community that, uh, that let me come and, uh, and let folks fill in for me. I'm thankful for them also. And I'm just glad to be here this morning. Let's, uh, let's, let's look at God's Word together for a few moments today, will we? Turn with me to the Gospel of John, John's Gospel, chapter number 21. The 21st chapter of the book of John. The 21st chapter of the book of John. John, the 21st chapter. And the scriptures say, And after these things, Jesus shewed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on the wise shewed him, he, he himself. They were together, Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of Cain of Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two other of his disciples. Simon said unto them, I go fishing. They said unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately. At that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, Children, do you have any meat? And they answered, No. And he said to them, Cast the net on the other, uh, on the other side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast, their, their, they cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw in for the multitude of fishes. Therefore the disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that, it was that, it was that he... That, that it was the Lord, he girt his father's coat unto him, for he was naked, and he did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were two hundred cubics, dragging the nets with the fishes. And as soon as they were come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there, and the fish had therein and bread. And Jesus said unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. And Simon Peter went up and drew the net to the land full of great fishes, a hundred and fifty and three. And for all that were so many, yet was not the net broken. And Jesus said to them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord? Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them, and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. And so when he had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And he saith unto him, Lord, you know that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my lambs. He saith unto him a second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. He saith to him, Peter, feed my sheep. He saith unto him a third time, Simon Peter, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And Peter was grieved because he said unto him a third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest I love thee. And Jesus said unto him, feed my 
Our Father, we thank you for the Word of God this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to preach your Word. And we pray this morning that you would speak to us from your Word for your glory today. And not just here on this hill here in Mount Vernon, Kentucky, but all these churches that are on these hollers and hills and in downtown Mount Vernon, that as men get up to preach your Word today, that you would speak by the power of your Spirit from your Word for your glory. Lord, just help us today, for we're in need of you. And speak to us from your word today, we ask in Jesus' name, and amen. Now, I suppose all of us here this morning are familiar with the Lord's Supper. Most of us all. But maybe, just maybe, you're not so much familiar with the Lord's breakfast. You know about the Lord's Supper, but you never really pondered the Lord's breakfast, which is the substance of the scene that we have this morning before us. Now, I want you to know, the Lord's Supper does one thing. The Lord's Supper, the purpose of the Supper is to cause us, the Bible says, to do what? Do this in remembrance of me. And the, and, and the Lord's Supper is a remembrance of what Jesus has did for, did, did for us. How that He died on the cross of Calvary. How that He was buried. And that He rose again third day. The Lord's Supper is a reminder of us of the salvation that we have in Jesus. But the Lord's breakfast, on the other hand, is a picture of a very important lesson about serving Jesus. The Lord's Supper about salvation, the Lord's breakfast about serving Jesus. Now I want to call your attention in our text this morning, and I've already read it, and I just want to say a word or two to you. First of all, I want you to know that these disciples, they return, and they return to what? After the resurrection, Jesus has showed up to them, but yet they're still confused, yet they still don't understand everything. And number one, they have returned to fishing. That's what they've gone. They've gone fishing. They have loaded up. They've moved into Galilee, the northern part of the country, and Jesus had told them to go up there and that he would meet them there. So in obedience to the command of Jesus, they gather things together and they made their way up to Galilee. Now look at verse 2 again. He says there were Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel Canaan Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. Now, in spite, in spite of all that has taken place around the death of Jesus and all of the uncertainty, in spite of all of the difficulties they have encountered, the Bible says that these particular disciples were still together. Now, let me ask you a question this morning. Why do you think they're together? Why do you think they're together? Well, let me tell you why. They're together because it's the promise that they're going to meet who? 
It's the promise that they're going to meet the resurrected Jesus. And listen, it's always the prospect of meeting Jesus. Listen to me this morning. It's always the prospect of meeting Jesus that brings brothers and sisters together. That's what it is. The truth is, the truth of the matter is, every time we gather, we have a celebration. Did you know that? Say amen to that. We don't need to come in the first church of the frozen chosen. We don't need to come in here with just with just our our, our, our gloomy eyes and our and our listen, lift up your heads, brothers and sisters. Your salvation is nigh even unto you right now. We ought to come with celebration in our, in our heart and in our lives and in our joy because why? When we gather together, we're not meeting a dead Savior but a risen Lord. The hymn writer put it well when he said, Let those who never knew our God refuse to sing, but children of the heavenly King, may they sing their joys abroad. I'm going to tell you, There ought to be some joy in the house. Amen? There ought to be some joy in the house. I mean, we encounter fresh. Every time we meet together, we encounter fresh the resurrected, living Lord Jesus. A dead Jesus can't help people. A dead Jesus doesn't bring people together. And let me say this a little. Let me say a little word about it. And we're going to get a little bit more into that. But let me say this about it too. Hey, worship ought to be important to you. Can, can, I, can, I, can I say that to you again? I'm not trying to be a legalist. I'm not, listen, don't hear me. I'm not trying to be legalistic here. But I am saying that if you have a Savior and He's risen from the dead, Sunday morning worship ought to be important to you. It's just as important as the Little League baseball game, as a travel ball team. It's more important than that. Now look, now let me, let me say something. Again, I'm not trying to be legalistic. I understand, I get it. I had a daughter who played volleyball. Made a deal with her. One Sunday a month, she could slip out and be with them. They played two or three Sundays a month. I said, oh, no, that ain't going to happen because worship is important. You're going to be here in worship. We got people, you don't see them until school starts back because they're running up and down the roads and travel baseball and travel volleyball and travel this and travel that and they forget about the worship with God's family on Sunday morning. Worship ought to be important. I didn't get a lot of amens there, but and I'm trying not to beat you over the head, but I want you to understand that. Worship's important to us. It ought to be. And I'm not trying to beat you over the head with it. So these men, what they've done? They've gathered together. And then look what verse 3 says. Simon Peter says to them, what does he say? What does old Simon Peter say? What does he say? Boys, let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go fishing. That's what I'm going to do. And they said, well, shoot, if you're going to go... Make room in the boat for me. I'm going to. So they all go fishing. Simon Peter, he's the, you know Simon Peter. He's kind of the restless sort. He's kind of the mixed up sort. He was, he was really kind of hyper and, and, and he was really kind of a, 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 a over, well, 
bless his heart, he's kind of like me. He put his foot in his mouth too many times sometimes. That's what he did. He always had to be doing something. He just couldn't just sit there. He, he jumped up and said, boys, I'm going, I'm going fishing. Of course, all the other folks are followers of his, and they said, well, we're going to go with you. He was a fisherman. Remember when Jesus came by? Jesus came by to him. He said, follow me, Peter, and I'll what? I'll make you fisher of men. And Peter left his nets and followed who? He followed Jesus. Now Simon Peter has gone back to where? He's gone back to his old business. He's not a fisher of men anymore. Now he's a fisher of fish. He, he's gone back to his old haunts. He's gone back to his old hangouts. He's, he's gone back to his old way of life. Can I tell you something this morning? Sometimes when we fail the Lord, maybe other folks know it and maybe nobody knows it but you. Sometimes we fail the Lord the devil comes and sweeps into our ear and says, Hey, you big dummy. There ain't no hope for you. I mean, how could a God love you after what you've thought or what you've done? How could a God love you that way? There's really no way out. And all of a sudden you begin to believe the lies of the devil and, and you begin to believe all of that and your old habits start to begin. And the old things start again. You start living the old lifestyle. Oh, it's not as radical as it was. Oh, yes, you're saved. Oh, you know you ought to be doing this, but instead you're doing that. So Peter's gone back now to fishing. And the Bible says in verse 3 that they fished and they what? called nothing. Now let me just tell you these are the Bill Dance bass fishermen. That's who these guys are. These guys know about fishing. They're not like me where I go down to the Yellow Creek hole me and Donnie Godby on Sunday afternoons and put our chairs out and eat beanie weenies and hope that we might get a fish somewhere along the way. No, these guys knew it. These guys knew when to cast, where to cast the net, what to do with it, and how to get those fish in. They knew that. They fished all night, though. And they caught nothing. Nothing. And here they are all night long. They're wet. They're cold. And they're rather discouraged. Mmm. There's where they are. Caught nothing. And Jesus comes along and he says, he says, picking up verse 4, when the morning has now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, have you any meat? And they answered him, no. And he said, cast the net on the other side of the ship and you shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw the multitude of fishes. Listen, can I tell you, when you're serving Jesus and living for Jesus, it's not anything you do anyhow. It's what Jesus does. It's all, let, me, let, me tell you, let me tell you what the Christian life is about. It's about Jesus. That's what it's about. 
Let me tell you what your life is as a Christian about. It's about Jesus. It's not about works. You know, we Baptists are good about saying we're saved by grace through faith. We had that wonderful scripture read this morning. Bless my soul to hear that. But we act like we're saved by works. Hello. And that's what happens to many of us. There's a lot of Peters maybe in this room this morning. Male and female. You've blew it along life's way and you think, boy, God don't love me. Hey, can I tell you something? If you know Jesus as your Savior, your sin debt was canceled. Past, present, and future, you're in His family. Listen, you're loved in the discussion. That's what it is. But there's a reminder right here to us that for sure, you, if you're out of the will of God this morning, if you're out of the will of God, let me tell you what you're going to end up going in your life. You're out of the will of God, you ain't going to catch nothing. Oh, there might be some good spots come along the way, but I want to tell you, that if you're saved and you know Jesus as your Savior, God's always faithful to take care of His own. The Bible says he leaves the 99 and goes after the one, right? He leaves the water in the fold. He goes after and gets that one astray. Hey, I want to tell you, if you're saved, you might have some good times in your life, but I'll tell you what, God will make you miserable until you get where you need to be with him. Ain't going to be happy. If you're not doing what God wants you to do, you're always going to be dry. In John chapter 5, verse 15, Jesus said, this is what Jesus said in John 15, 5, without me, you can do nothing. If you try to do it in your energy of the flesh, you'll just be like these disciples. You'll come up dry. You'll come up empty-handed. Now this statement also be a statement, this statement could also be a statement of a wasted life. This could be the epitaph of, of, of many a person's life. They've told all night and caught nothing. They wasted their life. Kind of reminds me of the story of the billionaire that was buried in a graveyard. And all of his friends gathered around the grave. And as they was lowering his casket down in the grave, one of his buddies punches the other buddy and says, I wonder how much he left behind. And the old boy looks at him and said, I'll tell you how much he left behind. He left it all. He left it all. And even at the end of life, he ended up dry, though he was wealthy. Jesus said, what would a man give in exchange for his soul? Any life that's not lived for Jesus is a life that's emptied, that's wasted. So they toiled all night, and they took nothing. But then the miracles in verse 4. And when morning had come, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not it was Jesus. They didn't know it was Jesus, but there he stood. Let me tell you what Jesus was doing all the time. All that time they're out there, all that time they're out there slaving in that sea, hoping to catch some fish. All that time Jesus stood watching. He was there. And they didn't even know he was there. Listen, sometimes, you know what Jesus does sometimes? Jesus comes in the Jesus comes and teaches us in the deepest some of the deepest sweetest lessons are those circumstances where you and I have failed the Lord 
and we didn't really realize he is even with us. They'd had a bad night. Listen to me. Hey, it's good news. <coughs> they'd, they had, listen, they had a bad night, but morning was coming. Amen? They had a bad night. Some of you, some of you, you've been having some bad nights. Some of you have been having a hard time. Some of you are discouraged. Some of you are, some of you are going through some dark times. Some of, some of you is the old country song, I'm dying inside and no one knows it but me. How many you all know that song? Say, don't, listen, don't be ashamed. I know it. Say amen if you know it. Do you know that song? I'm dying inside. Well, i got somebody to shake their hand. They won't, they won't say amen to it, but they'll, they'll shake their hand. Good, sister, I'm with you. I'm dying inside and no one knows it but me. Some of you are here this morning. You're exactly like that. You've got a smile on your face. You've got a joy in your step. But inside you're dying. Nobody knows it but you. And you're going through a dark time in your life. And you're going through discouragement and heartache. And I've come to tell you, cheer up. I've come to tell you, cheer up. Hey, hey, listen, I want, to, I want to come tell you this morning. I got news I brought all the way from Somerset, Kentucky to tell you this morning. There's a morning coming. There's a morning coming. Let me give you a promise. Let me give you a promise from the book. Weeping may enjoy, weeping may endure for the night. But joy comes in the morning. You're going through a dark night right now? You're going through a dark night. You're going through a tough time. Can I tell you, listen to me this morning. Jesus has a good morning for you. And it's right in front of you. Jesus calls them out. Literally, he says, boys, boys, do you have any eats? They said, no, we don't. Are you hungry, boys? Well, yeah, we're hungry. They've told all night. They've caught nothing. Jesus says, cast your net to the other side. And they had fished all night, caught in nothing. Now Jesus said, cast your net, cast your net over. Verse 6 says that when they did that, they got so many fish in the net, they weren't able to put them in the boat. Let me tell you something. That's what happens when Jesus takes over. I mean, we come dry. Christians, we can get dry, can't we? We can get dry to the things of God. We, we don't read our Bible like we ought to. We don't attend worship like we ought to. We, 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 we don't pray like we ought to. We just, we just kind of going through life. We get dry. And we don't catch anything. We don't have any results. Nothing we ever try seems to work out. But when you get Jesus on the scene... <laughs> When you get Jesus on the scene, when you get His miracle power starts working in you, man, Jesus is able to do it. Can I tell you, the old hymn puts it right, doesn't it? Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. That's him. That's Jesus. He knows about your struggles. Verse 7 says, Therefore the disciples whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord. 
Simon Peter heard that. He was naked, put on his clothes. And Simon Peter jumps into the sea. And who's he going to? He's going to Jesus. Now, there's a little different from the first time he saw Jesus, right? First time he saw Jesus multiply the fish. That's Luke chapter 5. When, when Simon Peter saw him there, he said, Depart from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. It's all different. He spent three years with Jesus. He knows that Jesus is the resurrected Lord. And instead of trying to get away from Jesus, he wants to get to Jesus. Now I'm going to tell you, you can, criticize, you can criticize Peter. You can criticize him all you want. But I want to tell you this. I like a man who so loves Jesus that he wants to be with him wherever he takes him. So he's heading to the shore to go to the Lord Jesus. Now number two, I want you to see the reminder of the failure. Everything that takes place at this breakfast reminds Simon Peter of the failure. They get to the land, verse 9 says, and as soon as they get there to the land, they come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there. Fire of coals. There's only one other time that particular phrase is used in the entire Bible. It's used in the 18th chapter of the John's Gospel in in, in 18th verse. Do you remember? Do you remember the night Jesus was betrayed? Simon Peter had boasted. What did Simon Peter say? Lord, they all may forsake you. I'm going to be there all the way. I'll never let you down. Yet that night when Jesus was arrested, yet that night when Jesus was arrested, we know Peter had denied him. The Bible says he denied him around a fire of coals. Simon was warming himself at a fire of coals. Don't you know that must have pricked Simon's heart when he saw that fire on the shore? Don't you know it was a reminder? Boy, I wonder if there's some here today. And there's a place that when you get around it, it reminds you of some failure you had. Maybe you drive down a certain street or go to a town and it reminds you of a failure you had. Maybe it's a person and it reminds you of a failure you had. Maybe, maybe that's where it's at. Maybe you should have said, you said some kind of unkind word to somebody. And every time you see them, it reminds you of that. You're reminded. But now there's something else there too. There's the fish. It says there was a fire and coals and there was a fish and there was bread. It's not that Jesus takes the fish that they have caught. No, because they got, the, they got there. Jesus already cooking breakfast. Down in verse 13 it says, Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. It says Jesus comes and takes the bread and gives it to them. Jesus takes the bread. The bread that was already there, He takes the fish that was already there. Jesus performed a miracle. Do you know that must have reminded Simon Peter of something? He must have remembered all that Jesus had done for him. Can I tell you, sometimes we need to be reminded in our failure. When we fail and we're discouraged, and we, 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 in our failure we need to be reminded of all that Jesus has done for us. Verse 12 says, Jesus said to them, Come, come and dine. 
First time they saw Jesus, Jesus said in John chapter 1, Jesus said in John chapter 1, first time they see him, he says, come and see. Now he says to them, come and die. Come and die. Come is one of the greatest words in the Bible. Really, literally, it starts in the book of Genesis. There God stands at the door of Noah's ark and says, Noah and his family, come thou all and thy family into the ark. Over and over again, the word echoes through the Bible. Isaiah picks it up here and says, come now. Come now. Isaiah says what? Come now. Come now. Come. Hey, let's come together. Come together, all ye that are weak. Come, come together. Though your sins be red as crimson, he will what? Wash them white as snow. The Lord Jesus picks that up and he says, come unto me. Come unto me, all ye that are weak and weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. The last pages of the Bible says, Whosoever will, let him come and take of the water of life freely. That's the invitation of God. Jesus has come. And I want to ask you this morning, are you hungry? Are you hungry? Are you hungry in your soul? Do you have a desire and hungers that have not can't be satisfied? Only Jesus can. Here's Jesus, the Son of God. The God of gods and King of kings. He takes the place of a waiter and He serves people. Come and dine. And then lastly, in the words of the old country preacher, Brother Darren, I'm getting ready to go to my seat. Lastly, the rekindling of the fervor. Verse 15 says, And so when they had dined, Jesus said to him, Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And he said to him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. He saith of him, feed my lambs. Verse 15, Jesus changed his name. When he met the Lord Jesus, back in the first chapter of John, Jesus said, thou art Simon. Henceforth thou shalt be called Peter, a rock. Jesus is saying, I'm going to make a new man out of you, Peter. And three times now, Jesus will refer to Simon Peter by his old name. Simon, he's trying to impress on Peter that Simon Peter is doing, is living like the old man. Simon, listen to me. You're not living like Peter. You're living like Simon. The Bible says, as a believer, you're here and you know Jesus. As a believer, guess what? The Bible says you have two natures. One nature is dying. And it's being sanctified. You ain't going to get rid of it until you get to glory. The other nature is Jesus living in you. And the Bible says the old man is dead so far as the position is concerned. The old man's dead as far as the position. In Christ, you're in Christ. You're saved. But the fact of the matter is the old nature is very much alive. And you can decide. I'm going to live like the old man or the new man. And the difference is between living life in your strength and energy or living your life in the power of the Holy Spirit. And there he is, Simon. Jesus says to him, Simon, Simon, Simon. How many times did he deny Jesus? Three times. So he's going to get a threefold question. Now look at that first question, verse 15. He, he's appealing here to the Lord's knowledge of his heart. The, the Lord knows your heart. Let me tell you this morning. The Lord knows your heart. That, that can be a disturbing thought. That he knows everything that's in our heart. But it can also be a comforting thought. 
to know that He does know everything in our hearts. And when Jesus says to Simon, do you love me? He uses that word agape, which is the word love of God, spiritual love. But Simon Peter responds, responds to Jesus with another word, a lesser word, phileto, which this means social kind of love. The best way to read that would be affection. Jesus said, Simon, do you love me? Simon says, well, I've got affection for you, Lord. And then Jesus still says, feed my lambs. And then he asks him again. Verse 16, Simon, son of Jodas, lovest thou me? Hey, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. He says, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. That's what makes the whole thing go. That's the Do you love Jesus? See, here's what Christianity is. Christianity is not a set of rules and regulations. Christianity is a relationship. The Lord Jesus. Verse 17, Simon, son of Jodas, do you have affection for me? Jesus lowers his down. Jesus saying, okay, Simon, I'll just meet you right here. I'll just take you right where you are. I'll take you right where I'll bring you up here. And when Jesus did that, the Bible says it grieved Simon. It broke his heart and it ought to break ours too. He said, Lord, you know all about me. You know I love you. And Jesus says, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. He's saying, if you really love me, show me you love me by the things you do. See, here's what Jesus is saying to all of us this morning. And if we're all honest before Jesus this morning, we'd say, Lord, we love you. We love you. But you really know us. We love you. But there's a lot of things in here that ain't exactly right showing I love you. And Jesus says, I get that. That's why I died for you. Now get out there and get on with what I've called you to do. Get out there and get busy. Go on, get out of this house. Go down them hills and hollers and tell somebody about a Savior that'll forgive them and walk with them and be with them in their ups and in their downs. Go on, get out of here. Volunteer somewhere and show people about Jesus. Go on, get out of here and get in that neighborhood and prove your love for me by serving people you want to love, love me. But show the world that Jesus changes people. Love for Jesus will restore your favor. I, I, want to, I want to close with these questions. I want to close with these questions this morning. Here they are. Are you ready? Are you listening? Are you listening? Do you love Jesus? That's question number one. That's question number one. You hold it. I want to give you question number two. Do you love Jesus? Now hold it. You two hold that. Hold that answer. I want to give you question number three. Do you love Jesus? My Jesus, I love Thee. I know Thou art mine. You know that song? You know that song? Can you just pick it up from there, right there where you are? For all the follies. Hymn number what? Just start singing. 
Thou art my... For what? For thee all the follies. My gracious Redeemer... My Savior art thou. If ever I love thee. If you can say that, you can walk out of this building today with fervor and fire for the Lord. And all God's people said,